0: night may be long, and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always Beyond Reality. Welcome to the program, everyone. Starting off another week here on Beyond Reality Radio. Interesting uh, show lined up for us tonight. We're going to be talking about pets. And this, this topic always uh, elicits quite a response from the audience, and I'm sure tonight will be no different. We um, have a long-standing tradition of finding love, comfort, and companionship in our pet friends, usually cats, dogs, sometimes other things. Um, you know, some people really love their pet fish. Um, but what happens when they pass? What happens when they die? And our guest tonight, Dr. Ming-Chi, will talk about that very topic. She's an author. She's got a book out called Angels of Rainbow Bridge, Life After Transition. And we're going to have this conversation, and she's going to tell us how we can find comfort in knowing what is happening on the other side for our pets. And we'll take your phone calls, of course, in the second part of the program at 844-687-7669. Love to hear your questions and comments for Dr. Ming-Chi as we, as we uh Get that conversation going. Um, Looking ahead, just so we know what we have coming up on the show. A lot of great stuff. Tomorrow night, Frank Bennett will be here. He's an author and a Bible teacher. And he'll talk about his book, Encounter with the Aberdeen Wildman. He'll also talk about his biblical perspective on the paranormal. And then Wednesday night, Gordon Curl smith will be here. Um, I think Gordon's a repeat guest. Yeah. Uh, Author of Meta Real Books. And uh, Gordon will be telling us about his new book called Revelation Antarctica and the role played by channeling. And then Thursday night, Brian Clune and Bob Davis will be here to discuss their new book, Ghosts and Legends of Alcatraz. We'll also talking about, we'll be talking about Frank Sumption's ghost boxes. If you're uh, a paranormal investigator, someone that's done some ghost hunting, you know what We're talking about when we say ghost boxes. But if you're not, you'll learn, and it'll be an interesting conversation. So a lot of great stuff coming up. So we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll have our guest with us, Dr. Ming-Chi. We're talking about pets and the afterlife. Look out, Rochester. ScareCon is coming for you. The Northeast's leading fan convention for all things pop culture is celebrating its ninth year at the Rochester Riverside Hotel. October 18th through the 20th, ScareCon brings an amazing group of celebrities, panel discussions, film screenings, great vendors, and amazing parties. It's a weekend of fun from start to finish and it's family friendly. For more information, visit ScareCon.com and check us out on Facebook. Use the promo code BRR at checkout to save 20% under your admission. That's Garacon.com, October 18th through the 20th in Rochester, New York. Tonight our guest is Dr. Ming Chi. Dr. Chi earned her doctorate in pharmacy from University of Southern California and specializes in healing the mind, body, and spirit of animals and their people as co-founder of Reiki Fur Babies. Ming, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here tonight.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be a guest here. I'm really excited to talk to you all.
0: Yeah, well, we're anxious to have this conversation as well. A little bit about you first. I see that uh, you were born and raised in Seattle, Washington. What a nice place to grow up.
1: Yes. Yep. I'm definitely, I'm back (laughs) in Washington now. I lived in California, Southern Cal, for about 25 years, and I recently moved back to the Seattle area, oh, probably about three and a half years ago. So back home.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you um, came into this particular line of work. You um, got your doctorate. Um, I, uh-huh. I'm assuming in pharmacy means, does that mean you were a pharmacist or, or training to be a pharmacist yes. at one point?
1: Yep. I worked as a clinical pharmacist for the VA in LA for over 20 years. Um, so yes, I went, I uh, am a pharmacist, retired, um, kind of started out as a, you might want to say a hobby kind of when I learned Reiki, but I've always had a very, very strong connection to animals, and um it's it's funny people that know me know it's like if there's a movie and there the dog is gonna die there is no way I will watch it i mean it's it's like even if there's children, if it's an animal it's it's just crazy but um so, how I got into it is just because of my connection with my animals, and I started learning from them um, based on my own experience, and as they, my animals transitioned, which was very painful, but through the process and the journey of it, they started teaching me that there was something a little bit more that was going on on the other side. So, in my book, Angels of Rainbow Bridge, is uh, my own healing journey, I actually Wrote the book for myself, and I didn't expect it to um, actually. I didn't expect it to do what it's doing. I'm getting you know people writing me from all over, just complete strangers, and telling me that after they've read the book or even skimmed the book, that their um, their pets from the other side have visited them. So it's it's a it's amazing. But yes, um, back to your question, I am a clinical pharmacist. I I was a, um, associate professor for USC. I taught for the School of Pharmacy for many years, but also at the same time, I also, because that's my left brain, right, my youngest brother, he uh, introduced me to Reiki, which is a spiritual uh, guided life energy healing, and I think it's pretty mainstream now. I mean, I know insurance even covers it for Reiki. You can get it if you go to any kind of um, spa or different places, but here's the thing. What we did, instead of doing Reiki for animals, we did it for I mean, in Reiki for people, we did it for animals. And my best friend and I created our business called Reiki for Babies. So in all of that, we also got to experience and help a lot of people's animals, not just our own. But for this particular, uh, I think, topic is based on my own experience with my own animals.
0: What is it about the connection that uh, most people have? with their pets whether it's a dog or cat i think those are probably the two most common i know there's also this a similar connection with people and their horses um Mm -hmm. what is what's the connection obviously it's not the same type of connection that you can have with a child but the love is the same so where does that connection come from
1: i think it just comes from within there are you know many people have animals and i would i would venture to say that anybody that has a connection with their dog or cat, a horse per se, I mean, I believe it or not, people have that connection even with fish. Um, As I've gone over the years and talked to many, many different people with many different animals, I've also learned that their connections with any animal actually is very strong. And why that is, is I think because there's a lot of it is that unconditional love. Well, you know, that they, a, there's a little joke about cats and stuff because cats are so independent. But you know an animal will love you unconditionally. And I think that love is so strong. And there's a bond that's created there. And I talk about that. It's a soul connection so that you're connected soul to soul with that animal. It's not just a dog. And, it, and you talk to people that, you know, know their dogs and have had dogs their whole life. They will agree with you. It's Yeah, it's not just quote a dog. And, um, I think that's why people are so interested in, you know, talking to people that have animals and to find a closer connection with them.
0: I think, uh, the word unconditional is very, very important in that answer. Uh, when you, um, have a relationship with a dog or a cat, or again, we will, we'll say dog and cat for now, but we're all talking, we're talking about other animals as well. Um, they do give you an unconditional commitment and a love, um, that you can see it in their eyes and you can feel it in their actions. And I think you're right about that. I think it's that unconditional love that they give you that, that makes that bond so unique.
1: Right. And you know, here's the thing and that a lot of them will stay with you for a long time. I mean, um, for instance, my cat lived with me for over 15 years. She saw me go through, you know, a couple of divorces, uh, some roommates, um, you know, college, um, you know, I mean, they, they share with you like huge, big parts of your life that, you know, maybe your child doesn't do that or your husband or wife, is, but your animal has been there. I mean, they, they watch you. They, they know what, you know, we talk to them. I mean, I talk to my pets all the time. I know lots of people that talk to their animals, even though they're, and it's funny because when I talk, I tell people, like, oh, you do know, they actually, actually do understand what you're saying. And people are like, they do? And so, but they'll still talk to them regardless. But actually, as they start to understand even more, that connection between you and your animal even deepens even more when you realize that connection is actually really, really strong. And it doesn't, there is no, it doesn't end. There is no—it's always there. It's a soul-to-soul connection forever, for eternity.
0: When we talk when we talk to our pets and and um we can tell in many cases that they are they can understand what we're saying, but do they fully comprehend? I mean, uh frequently it's um you know, I I learned that it's kind of it's kind of inflection, it's certain key words that they can pick up on. Um does it go beyond that? Yes,
1: it does. And you know what's funny is science is only just starting to catch up to what we really, really know. I mean, there's movies about it. There's other books about it. And, yes, they actually, you know, here's the thing that I have learned, even in my own experience with my own pets, is, believe it or not, they're actually smarter than we are. They're wiser. They are here to teach us. And they, they're they here for our journey as well as where they're here for their journey. Um, and, even after they transition, oh, my gosh, they're even wiser. Um, and that's where, where you know, my experience is that they come back and they actually are guiding us. And, um, you know, even it, it's funny because when you, if you're able to actually hear what they have to say or what they're doing and thinking or what they're observing, sometimes it's, it's very funny. I mean, you could tell when you have a, let's say you have a cat, and the, a cat is very' very smart first of all right they're very independent and they also are very loving and supportive but they also have a sense of humor they're very funny and um it's and same with the dog too some dogs are are very funny some are wise some are they have things they want to share too but yes it's not just that you know how there's a what is it they say dogs can't see color well my corgi her favorite color is pink <laughs> and And, I, you know, she told me over and over again that her favorite color was pink. And it's like, well, you know, it's so funny because they say dogs can't see color. Well, yes, they can. Here's the other thing. My dog can see my car. She knows which car is mine. That still blows me away. So if I'm driving up the street and my dog sees my car, she knows it's me. Now, how would she know that uh, I have a white car versus a green car versus a blue car? How do they know? I don't know. and they're they're very intuitive animals, and it's almost like she can know when I'm coming home or I'm driving down the street before I'm there. How do they know that? I don't know. But again, they're very, very intuitive, and they can teach us a lot if we're really open to learning.
0: well, it, from and, them. and I think I think what because we are such a visually oriented um species, if you will, um, we rely on eyesight uh, probably more so than any of our other senses uh, uh, during our day-to-day routines. Um, and we, we often overlook that um, pets have a far greater capability to um, uh, pick up on and distinguish uh, other uh, sensory stimulation, whether it's smells or sounds, and they can identify with those things far uh, greater than than we can ever even comprehend, and I think we, we often um, underestimate how powerful that is in their ability to uh, not just communicate, but understand not just what we're saying, but how we're feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, absolutely. You know, when I was in high school and I didn't understand animals at all, but I had this cat, and whenever I would be upset, you know, emotional teenager or whatever, and I'm crying, my cat would jump on my back, and you know how they do that kneading with their their mm-hmm. paws, to mm-hmm. jump on my back and knead on knead my back. And it was like she was comforting me and she did it every single time I was upset and I was like, Wow, this cat is is so nice, you know? And and I that was a part of the beginning and I was like, Wow, there's a connection with me and, and this cat. And yes, they're they can be very comforting and right, they can also smell and warn if there's a fire, right? We've heard lots of stories about dogs, you know, rescuing, even cats, you know, rescuing their families and getting people up or Um, you know, that kind of story too. So yes, they're very intuitive and yes, you're right. with their senses, their sense of smell, um, their sight. And that's why a lot of them go into service, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we have, I've seen a, I don't know if you've seen pictures. I saw one on, um, was it, uh, Instagram and it was a little, it was a cat and it had a little FBI, um. Vest on it was so awesome looking, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know what the cat was doing, but it was doing something. And then obviously you see dogs, and and they're always in service and um, helping.
0: So, you know, I the other thing we only have about a minute here before we have to go to our first break, but. Um when we talk about sense of smell, I keep seeing these stories surface, and I don't know if it's being, being put into practice or it's being tested or how you know what the stage is here, but that they're uh, experimenting with dogs being able to actually s- uh, smell illnesses like cancer in people. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. it seems to be something that's got a lot of promise. Have you heard anything about that?
1: Yes. You know, and, and that's why they're so intuitive. Do you remember that old story about the cat that was in a nursing home, and would literally sit on the on the people that when when the cat knew that the, per, the you know the patient yes, was in trouble.
0: I do remember that. Was that was an old yeah. that
1: was an old story, and yes, I mean that's what I'm saying is the animals are so intuitive they they just know. I think well you know what and they're also healers. They're healers by nature. Um, I believe that you know they can literally literally heal us, uh, whether it be you know. What is it? That, you know, if somebody has an animal and they're they live alone, I mean, you know, that their companion. I, I was just talking to a guy um, last week, and he told me he lives alone. He's a guy, and he told me his cat is everything to him, everything. And you know, I was kind of, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. And he kept telling me all about his cat and how much this cat meant to him. He and he said it was this cat is more important to him than any person on the planet, and the cat was aging, and so he was he was getting, you know, a little concerned and a little, he wanted us to see how the cat was doing and if the cat wanted to have surgery, and I was like, you know, the cat said that, well, no, don't really want to have surgery, but... <laughs> and 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 so here's the thing what i've learned is because we're soul connected the soul is living in a body and he, you know and so it the animal knows i'm living in a body, just like we humans are we're literally souls in a body and the animals know eventually that body will get out give you know, and right. you know right and then they, they they know they're moving on but they're not as attached to diseases as we are that's why um I think they heal so much faster because they just know, whereas we have all this baggage and um, we get, you know, so that's what we can learn from animals, too.
0: We're talking about uh, how pets uh, uh, relate to us, um, love us, keep us connected. company. They're perfect companions in many, many ways, but we're also talking about what happens when they pass. Our guest tonight, Dr. Ming Chi, is the author of a book called Angels of Rainbow Bridge, Life After Transition. The website is Reiki for reikifurbabies.com. That's fur, F-U-R, reikifurbabies.com. And Ming, we're talking about all these qualities that um, animals, pets, dogs, cats, uh, show us, provide us while there are companions, but you're suggesting that those, many of those qualities survive their passing as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the, that's the part that's so exciting because um, I think a lot, we know the connection, okay? There's no doubt in anybody's mind, if anybody that has an animal, that there's a connection. But a lot of people don't realize because they are going through the grief as they lose their, their, you know, their animal to so-called death, which I don't believe in, but uh, um, they don't realize that when they do go on to the other side, they're still very much, their souls are still alive, and they're still connected to you. So I think for for my own experience, as I went through my own grief, I was a month in when my Corky, um had passed away, and when I started to, she inspired me to write this book, and it was a healing journey for me and she started showing me and re- and re- made me remember how my other my cats and my yellow lab and how I learned from them how they also came through and it's so funny um since i finished this book my animals my own animals keep visiting me in my dreams and they they keep showing up in various funny ways and even when i'm awake i'm seeing you know signs and things and so it's not even just dreams um but yes they're definitely here to uh, teach us and show us that we're forever connected.
0: Share with us the experience that you had when you lost um, your pet and started to recognize that there was more to that relationship than just the years that you were physically together on the earth.
1: Yeah. So it was interesting. As I mentioned before, I, I, I was a pharmacist. So there was one point I was sitting in my cubicle and I was doing consults and, um, I got a text from my younger brother, and we're 12 years apart. And he says to me, "He says, Ming, did you have a cat named Patches when you were young?" Now he's too young to know this cat, and I was just okay. So this was totally out of the blue, and I went, "I did." And he said, "Well, I was just meditating with Charlie, his chihuahua, and somebody named Cat Patches came through really strongly." And she said to tell you that she's not angry at you and that all is forgiven. Oh my gosh. I burst out into tears right at work because here's the thing. When I was in high school, no, I was younger, not, yeah, younger than high school. My, I had a cat named Patches and my parents, my dad decided one day we didn't want her anymore. So he forced me to put her in a box. In a car, we drove to some park over in Bellevue, Washington, and he told me to let her go. It was the one of probably one of the worst days of my entire life. Sure. And so there I had I was forced to. I let the cat I let her go. And and I cried for months. And it was and I you know it was something I never got resolved, right? So here I am as an adult, many decades later, and she comes through. Now that was one story. And, you know, since then, that was so healing for me that she came through and she just said, I'm okay. I've always been okay. And that was just one story all by itself. Another story, this is really interesting, is because a lot of times, you know, um, the animals will come in our dreams and a lot of people just think that they're dreams. It's just a dream. However, for me, I believe it's not just a dream, but they're actually connecting to us. So I had another cat named Mochi, and um, she was the one I was just talking about earlier, how she had been with me for 15 years and saw me go through, you know, marriages and everything. And so after Mochi had transitioned, I w- I w- she was coming in my dreams. At one point, we I had a dream that we were biking together. She was sitting in a basket, and I was biking, and I was telling Mark, my ex, and I was like, I just dreamed about Mochi. And he's like, why do you always get the dreams? How come she doesn't visit me? And he was all irritated. And he's also the kind of guy like, well, if he had a dream, he probably wouldn't believe it was really her visiting. So this was very, very interesting. After he said that, the next day, that morning, we woke up, and on his side of the bed was a pile of cat, clean cat litter. There was no litter in our house. And when he saw that, I looked at him, I started laughing, and go, "Well, there's your evidence. I think Mochi just visited you." and I loved telling that story because it wasn't it was the both of us. you know it wasn't just me seeing it, it was him too, and it was actual cat litter and I, I swear I wish I would have taken a picture picture because I share that story with so many people all the time, and it was just so funny, and he was he was totally blown away. he was just like. Okay, yeah, all right, okay. She visited yeah. <laughs> me, so that's uh that's another story. It's funny because, as I said, after I wrote the book, mochis um coming back, my housemate um two nights ago, she felt she felt something rubbing she has a dog, she felt something rubbing up against her and and um, she kind of thought she looked over and saw our dog, and the dog's actually looking over too, looking at that place where she's feeling this you know pushing up against her and um she didn't know quite know what it was and it was funny i told her i said well when you go to yoga see if you can tune in to see who was visiting you because you know when you when you in yoga you're of get into a more meditative state so you're more receptive to you know getting messages so she goes to yoga she comes home she goes ming it was mochi and i go really she's like yes It was your cat, Mochi, coming up and bumping up against me. And I said, so what did she say to you? And she said, more will be revealed. And I'm like, that's what she said? And she goes, yeah, that's what she said. And um, so we don't, I still don't know. But uh, what that's about, But that was her visiting, you know, my friend. Um, I also, my ex and I had an Airbnb in Venice, California for a while. And people that stayed at our house told us (laughs) they saw a cat in a room. They go, you have a cat? No, nope. We saw a cat. And they said, well, What room do you see the cat in? And they said, Oh, that room. And they pointed over to one of the guest rooms. And it was funny. So Mochi was showing up to some of our guests, too. And uh, I had lots of friends come and stay with us, too. And they said, We saw Mochi. <laughs> so she made her presence known, you know, for a while after she transitioned that she was still around and, um, you know, watching over and, you know, having fun and poking around. And another very recent is Lucy, my Corgi, and she's the one that inspired the book. Um, it was two days after she had transitioned. I'm going to tell you the grief was excruciating, excruciatingly painful. I I don't even remember having grief this this painful. And I was in the shower and I, you know, when the, the water is steaming and the, <clears throat> up the, you know, the door. And I'm looking at it, all of a sudden, I see a silhouette of a corgi. And I, I was blinking. I kept blinking my eyes. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could take, have my phone. Of course, I'm in the showers. So I can't take a picture. But I saw a silhouette of a corgi. And I'm watching it and blinking my eyes. And then all of a sudden, I see the a letter B. And I'm like, B? What does that mean, B? And that's all it said. But later on, I kept thinking about it. B, B, what is she saying? B. And I realized she was telling me just to be. So... That was, that was really amazing. And the little things in the house, chair would move. And Lucy's very funny. She's a corgi. She's got a big, big extroverted personality. In Venice, California, literally people would stop in the middle of traffic to take her picture. <laughs> um, she's just very, very popular. She worked in a store. She was actually um, the greeter. She would know. She would know instinctively if you were going to buy something or if you're not going to buy anything. And she would come up, and she would look at you and smile at you. And um, so she was very funny. So every now and then ice comes flying out of our freezer. It did today twice. I think she was telling me good luck, you know, on your interview tonight. Um, she's I physically with my eyes, not only does she visit me in dreams, but physically when she first transitioned, she the little literally a little black blur came we would I usually I used to open the sliding door and I let her out into a bathroom. Well the Second or third day, I opened the door for the other dog, and literally saw this little black like cloud come through the door, and we're like, "Okay, that was weird. I've never seen anything like that with any of my animals." And it happened a couple of times. Or I would have a friend over, and she knew Lucy very well. She also got a visit from Lucy, which I'll tell you guys about. And um, we both heard her bark, and I go, "Did you hear that?" And she's like, "Yes," and I said, "That was Lucy." She's like yes cuz she you know she has a different bark than my other dog. Um, also everywhere I went all of a sudden I'm seeing corgis. I was in Malibu and the, and we were waiting for there was no Uber so my girlfriend and I are stuck in Malibu for an hour and a half we're sitting at this restaurant and what do we see? Right. Yes, a baby corgi. I mean it's just crazy. So all these I was at a I was at a BMW dealer and I'm standing there and this guy walks in this in with two corgis. And all of a sudden people are writing me because Lucy had her own face, you know, on Facebook. She had fa- tons of fans. So a whole bunch of people were grieving with me as the, with the loss of Lucy. And so people were writing to me and saying, I'm seeing corgis everywhere. I'm just seeing cor-. And it was funny. Lucy was, is such a force of nature. And um, I think that's why she just inspired me to uh, write the book. In fact, today I was in yoga and um, uh, right in front of my mat. I saw a tuft of quirky hair, and I'm looking at it, and I'm, my eyes are open again. I'm looking, at, "Oh my gosh, that's Lucy!" I just know it. And at the end of yoga, the hair was gone, and I'm looking at it, going, "Okay, wow. all
0: right." So you've so, got, you've had, you've had uh, not just one, not just two, but many, many repeated. Um um, uh, contacts, I guess you would call it, from uh, your, the pets that have transitioned. And I want to ask you about that word because I think it's important to discuss it a little bit. You don't mm-hmm. say, you know, my corgi died. You say my corgi transitioned. Why are we using right. the word transition here? What are we transitioning to?
1: Well, you know, after I realized that um, there are, there is, there's people on the other side, there's animals on the other side, I just stopped using the word die because death to me means an ending. It means like we're done. There's no more. There's nothing. It's door closed. Right. So I stopped using it. I just took it out of my vocabulary and transition means that it's just another, you know, another journey. They transitioned into something else. Um, The person who wrote the foreword in, in my book, she told me that she has, Newfoundland, so that's her dog. She told me they keep coming back to her. So when they transition, they come back as babies again. And when you me, say when
0: you say they come back as babies, you mean they come back as young dogs, reborn? Yes.
1: Yes. That and that's her experience. So I I've never experienced you know what's funny is I wish my dogs would come back. But it's so funny. They transition and they become healers, they become bigger, they become, you know, I, I, in fact, I had a joke with Lucy. I said, okay, you know, because she's um, kind of got red hair. So I told her, I said, you know, would you come back and be my best friend and be a redhead so I'd recognize you? Because I knew she wasn't going to come back as a dog. But, yes, they can choose to come back, right? So, so Sarah, who wrote the foreword, her Newfoundlands would come back to her as babies three times, both of them. Both Emma and Saul, they would come back, both as a girl and, and boy, and then she would raise them over again. Because Newfoundland's—they're so bright, they're two hundred pound dogs, yeah. So their lifespan isn't as long, so shorter. they she doesn't get them for fifteen years like I would get Mochi for,
0: right? So right.
1: it's fascinating. There, there's talk about soul connection. They they keep coming back to her and her husband over and over and over again.
0: But it's not really a loss, according to Doctor Chi, is it, uh, Ming? It's not a loss.
1: No, it's not. It's actually, it, you know, but we have to go through grief, unfortunately, which, which really does suck, actually. <laughs> but yes. it's, it's, it's part of our, you know, the human process. But once we get through the grief, we can see that there's a, a connection there. And I think, and you know, when our animals transition, they're very patient, too. Uh, Lucy was very, very patient. She, she, uh, she even said, you know, Ming will be able to sense me and see me after she she goes through grief. I'll share something with you in terms of grief. When Sammy Diva my yellow lab transitioned, she and Lucy were best friends. Lucy went created grief huts, which which what she did is she would get on the couch and she would build blankets and create a a grief hut and she would go in there. She did that for 2 weeks. So uh-huh. she herself went through grief. And I remember later she, she shared that she told Sammy, my yellow lab, to not let her see her for two weeks. She said, don't come to me. Let me go through my grief. So animals grieve also like we do. And they, they too, go through a process. And then once they get through their grief, they can connect to um, you know, their their siblings, right, or they're the pets who they they live with. So again, the connections are very very strong between between all of us, our pets, our, our pets and us, and pets and pets.
0: We have about a minute here before we have to go to our top of the hour break. The title "Angels of Rainbow Bridge." What does that mean? Where does it come from?
1: Well, there's a, a poem back in the '90s, and they it was about a rainbow bridge. And the interesting thing is. The, the poem talks about where animals go when they, when they die. They go to a place called Rainbow Bridge, and they play there. Now, what's interesting is they play there waiting for the human that they're connected to to also transition or die, and then they connect, but here's the thing. That based on my experience, it's, there's the connection doesn't stop there. The connection never, never stopped. So I talk about how cave So the angels are on the Rainbow Bridge, but yet we're still connected. We're to, they're not waiting for us. They're already still connected to us, even all the time. And um, I don't know if you guys know, you know, if you guys read that book by Anita Morjani and how she had, you know, went on the other side. So what's interesting is I read that. It was one of my favorite books, by the way. Um, what if this is heaven that she wrote. And it's interesting because there's books, lots of books written by humans that talk about the other side for humans. But I don't know if there's very many books that talk about the animals on the other side and what they're doing. So, okay. So not, they're not just playing either. That's one thing they are playing. They are, but they're also guiding us. And, you know, if we, we can look to them and even ask them to help us and guide
0: us. Again, tonight we're talking about pets. Pets. We're talking about loving them while they're here and maintaining that relationship when we lose them. Although we don't really lose them, according to our guest, Dr. Ming Chi. Again, the book is called Angels of Rainbow Bridge, Life After Transition. And the website is Reiki Fur, F U R furbabies dot com. And uh Ming, when did Reiki enter into this equation for you? Tell us how that started. Uh
1: Reiki came in when um it's funny, like I said, my brother is a physician and I'm a pharmacist, so we're both very, very left-brained. Well, he came and started learning something about energy healing, and he came over one day and we we're having dinner, and he starts telling me about this Reiki thing, and I had never heard of it, and he starts telling me how there's other modalities, um, alternative healing, and I that was very, very interested, and it piqued my curiosity, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So, um, eventually I asked him again about it, and he says, well, you can learn. And he said, I would recommend, you know, my Reiki master to you, which is what he did. Um, so then my best friend and I, we we learned it. And what was very fascinating is that my, at that time I had a yellow lab named Sammy Diva. And by the time she was three, she was diagnosed with hip dysplasia. And um, she, my husband had to carry her up the stairs. Um, she She couldn't jump you know, up anymore, and she, she was young, right, three. So I I started doing the Reiki on her, and the Reiki cured her, and she literally wow. was able to jump into my friend's cayenne. I mean, it was incredible. The, the, it was literally a miracle. And she, Sammy said to me, you know, if you, you can do this for me, why don't you do this for other dogs? And that's how Reiki Fur Babies started out is we thought, okay. Why not? Why don't we just start doing it for other dogs? And it's we've been in business for 10 years. We've got clients all over the world. Um, uh, if you click on the blog part, you'll see um, hundreds of testimonials. All the testimonials are written in blog format, so you can read... Um, you know, what the animal says and how the Reiki's
0: helped them. So, I have a question. Um, it- my, my understanding mm-hmm. of Reiki is somewhat limited, but I have seen people having Reiki performed on them, if that's the right way to describe it. Yeah. Um, they lie on a table generally, um, I think even face down in many ways. In action, but that's not true. I've seen it in both ways. Um, but they're that's still, true. they're kind of in a meditative state. In many cases, there's music. They've got um, headphones mm-hmm. on, music. So, how do we, how do you take that experience and, and apply it to a dog, per se. They're much less likely to be that relaxed.
1: <laughs> right. So Reiki can be done, it's called distance healing. And so when you when you get your Reiki 1, you're, that's called hands-on. So you'd be on a table, you know, and somebody's holding their, you know, hands. They don't even have to touch you. They put their hands over, you know, different parts of your body and, you know, Treat you with the Reiki. Now, when you learn Reiki two or become a Reiki master, that's when you actually can send Reiki distant, re- distant, and they call it remote healing. So it's kind of like you get into a meditative state and you you set it. You set the intention for that Reiki to go to so a, a person or an animal. So all we need is a picture. So what we get is a picture of your your dog, and we get the name. And we will send Reiki healing to to that dog, and we've done it. It's the fun thing is that we've done it thousands of times, wow. and we get. That's why it's it's amazing to hear the testimonials from the other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. when we first started doing it, we're just like. We didn't really know if it was gonna <laughs> work, right? It worked on my dog. It right. Worked on, and but it was just I don't know. We tapped into something, and at that time, Ricky was very new, and so um, living in California, you would have thought we would got, had all our clients. No, you know where the, our clients came from? These little teeny towns, like past Texas towns, in, in Illinois, and these little. I don't. They found us on Twitter, and all of a sudden we. You know, we just started getting popular, and then it was funny. Like later on, like maybe even three, four years, California starts coming around, and we're and we thought, okay, now you guys, now you guys want to want to experience it. But it's 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 amazing because I I've, I've literally witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle because Reiki energy healing, what it does is it just balances the body, so it doesn't really matter what disease we're treating. We can be treating diabetes with cancer, right. pneumonia, seizures, you know. Um, also, we can do, uh, you know, ab- animals that are abused. We can do mental healing. And um, so we've learned, we've learned a lot in that journey by the animals, too, because the animals have taught us that they're not, again, like I said, they're not um, attached to their diseases a lot of times people will bring us an abused animal and say, you know, could you could you see how they're doing and at every single every single one always says, I'm in the present, I'm here, I'm now, I'm so grateful that I'm with my forever family or I'm with this family now that's taking care of me and they never want to talk about what happened to them.
0: Never. We're, we're taking your phone calls as well here at 844-687-7669 and let's go to our listener line. This is Greg in Colorado. Hey Greg, welcome to the program.
2: Hey me again. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for calling. What's on your mind?
2: Uh, I have uh, had three pets in my life, and I was wondering if Dr. Ming-Chi would uh, possibly see if they could um, t- talk to me about them.
0: I would, I would suggest that um, we're, we're not doing readings per se here, but I bet you Dr. Chi oh. could offer some guidance on how you could talk to them.
2: Wonderful. That sounds there. wonderful.
1: Ming? Yes, I mean um, definitely. You can uh, you can send me an email, Ming at ReikiForBabies Be happy to answer anybody's questions. Actually, I actually love questions, so feel free to email me. I'd be happy to answer
0: anything. So, Ming, how, I'd advise Greg here. He has had three pets that he's lost, and he wants to uh-huh. communicate with them. What's the best way for him to try that in his own you know in his own home in his own time?
1: You know, I think the best thing is actually just ask. So whichever one, you know, he, he would like to hear, or maybe ask all three of them and just say, hey, I would love a sign. Just, just, just show me a sign that, that you guys are connected to me. I, I want to believe it. I want to I see something. And just ask because, like I said, uh, total strangers have written me saying that they've read the book and, and then after they've read it or whatever, they dream that their, their dog has come to visit them. And you know, I really believe Lucy is a, has a hand in that. You know, my corgi. Um, she's she's out going out there rounding up everybody's <laughs> pets right. and bringing them,
0: bringing them them in. Greg, so, Greg, how long ago did you lose your pets?
2: Um, I lost uh, Sarah Kitty about oh six years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. have you had any signs or any any sense that you may have? Um, she's been trying to contact you at all.
2: Um, not not you haven't. Nothing significant where that I'm like, oh, that was Sarah Kitty or Buttons or, or um, Charlie. I, you
0: know. Um, Do you feel like you're you're uh, open to it? Because I think the first step in many cases has to be a willingness to see it or hear it or feel it.
2: Oh, most definitely. I'm going to ask to, um, you know, Sarah Kitty, will you show me a sign?
0: There you go. That's yes. your... Go ahead, Min.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. I think it's really just asking. I think a lot of times from what I hear from the animals and stuff they always say to the person I've never left you. I'm still here. And for whatever reason we we just maybe are missing the sign or maybe that we ha- they have to like ask for, you know, a billboard, billboard sign, you know, and just say really really make it. I mean, for example, that my examples that I have given um, these are pretty big examples, right? It's not like a little I have, you know, when somebody says, Okay, if I see a dime, then I know that's right. you know, my my whoever, right? But, you know, for me personally, these these examples are like, Okay, these are big. So maybe ask for something that's that's big or a lot of times I've had my um fur babies show up to my friends, like my yellow lab when she first transitioned. She showed up to one of my friends who was getting her cancer treated at the Mayo Clinic, and she said every time she would drive to the Mayo Clinic, my yellow lab would show up in her car. And I was like, "What?" And she said every single time. And then I had another person tell me that she was hiking in the mountains and she was really missing her dog, and she saw a yellow lab. So I, I, I've just got these my animals. You know, I feel like they're so they're so loving and caring and healing. They all show up to people that I know or even I, or people that I don't know. You know, people will write me and say, oh, my gosh, it's all these corgis. So um, I think just keep asking and, and then just keep looking and then just relax about it. And just maybe, maybe, you know, buttons will show up and just surprise you. And remember, they retain their personalities. So if buttons was kind of a however their personality was, it'll translate into the other side, too. So you'll know which one it is like. For example, when Mochi used to show up to me, she would show me a litter box. She would say, I'm not your dog, I'm your cat. And that would be, it was funny every time I would see a litter box. I'm like, okay, okay, that, that's, <laughs> it's a cat, it's a cat. And now she shows up and I see her face and i like, okay, you don't have to show me a litter box. I know who you are now.
0: Greg, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call, Greg. And um, hopefully um, you'll have some success with that. You know, the other thing is that sometimes this this takes a while. I know. And and this is not a pet related story, but um, my father passed away now five years ago and I didn't dream or feel like I had any sign from him. Up until like the last few months. It's all started and it started pretty significantly just in the last few months and this is five years later. Let's grab um one more quick phone call before we have to go to break. This is Chris in New Orleans. Hey Chris, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, good evening, y'all. How y'all doing?
0: Terrific, thank you. Do you have a question?
3: Um to, yeah, I do. Um, about uh grieving for the loss of your pet, but not because the pet has passed away, because the relationship was bad the dog was hers, and I miss Roscoe so bad every mm. day. <laughs> I don't get to see my dog. The, do- um, the dog. The One is thing t- I want to go but- back and reiterate on real quick is yeah, you know, we're talking earlier about uh, does your dog sense when you're coming home? And I always found that my dogs. Uh, first of all, I've always considered, I don't own my pets. My pets are a member of my family. You know, they're like another mm-hmm. child. They're like my kids. I don't own mm-hmm. them, you know. so um, But i always realized that your dogs, they hear your car. They know what your car sounds like. Um, they see during the day... Um, what time of day it is the sun's coming down and sure enough it's like routine and sure enough they hear they know what your car sounds like you know um,
0: yeah it's a great I, it's a great point Chris we're going to run out of time here so I want to get to your question um how do you Ming how do you um, grieve for a pet that hasn't transitioned to use your word um, but has just has left because of a relationship situation like uh, Chris is dealing with
1: oh you meaning they're um, like they went to somebody else
0: Um, apparently he was in a relationship and, um, the relationship broke up and the dog went, um, you know, moved, moved with the, that's,
1: that's really hard. Yeah. The connection is still there, but definitely you're, you're grieving over a physical, you know, presence. And that, that, that's hard. I would just say that is really hard. I know, you know, when people break up or whatever, I mean, I know my ex was, we were fighting over, over the dog, Yeah. you know, so. Um, That that definitely happens, and like he said, they're they're like his kids, and that's what that's what I'm saying. The connection. That's why we call them fur babies, right? And that's because they're our children. They're just they have fur. They're fur babies. But I, I get that. I mean, I, I empathize with that.
0: Ming, let's talk for just a minute here. That's about all we have before our next break, uh, about the website. Because you have um, uh, com, and there's a lot on there. Um, tell us a little bit about what people can find if they go to the website.
1: Um, well, you can, you can see there's a FAQ. You can read about what Reiki is. Um, there's a blog part, which I mentioned before, which is the best part. And you you can peruse through the blog, and you can see cats and dogs and horses, and uh, it gives you examples of what they share and um, what they say. That's I think that's the most fun. Um, you can also get a copy of Angels of Rainbow Bridge ebook there. It's also on Amazon, and you can also book a session if you'd like um, for your pet. Um,
0: and you had mentioned to our first caller, Chris, that he could uh, send you an email. Can, can people contact you through the website?
1: Yes, there is a contact button, and you can send me an email through that way, or you can just send one directly to me at ming at Rickyforbabies.com. Um, again, I love answering questions, so I, I don't mind. Um,
0: when our pets die, where do they go? What are they doing? What, ha- what have you learned?
1: Well, what I've learned is that they don't, first of all, they don't die. They transition, meaning they just, you know, I I don't know where this place is. Is If it, it is heaven, you know, or wherever, wherever they go, they're in soul form. Or, you know, I think when they come to us, they come to us so that we can recognize them. I'm sure Lucy, you know, is maybe she's maybe she's white light. I don't know. But when she comes to me, she comes to me as a corgi. And I think, you know, when they're on the other side, that we're still so connected to them and they come back to teach us something. And one thing I wanted to make sure I got to, on this uh call with you guys is that they're not just animals on the other side. Too. What they become is they become you know, beings that can guide and help us. And and I'll give you an example. So um, after Lucy, my Corgi, had transitioned, one of my friends came to me and she's trying to build a business and she's trying to create something. And she knows Lucy very well. And I was kind of joking with her, actually. And I said, you know, why why don't you ask Lucy? Maybe Lucy would give you some ideas. And she said, yeah, you know, I think I'll do that. And I was kind of surprised. She's like, and I went, oh, first of all, I didn't know she could commute talk to animals. We never really talked about it. So she called me an hour later, and she said, oh, my God, Meg, Lucy showed up. And I said, she did? She goes, yes, she did. Not only did she give her a list, literally, she had a list. She sent me a Word document, one to five or one to eight, on ideas of how to open her store and what to do. She also even showed her a logo, you know, brought it to her and showed her what the logo would be. And she drew the logo and sh- and showed it to me. It was amazing. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I just want your listeners to know that when your pets transition, yes, oh my gosh, we miss their physical presence. I, that's the worst part, right? Because you have a routine with your pet, you feed them, you walk them, you, you know, you sit with them. That's the hardest part. But to know that, they are still connected to you, but they can help you in a different way on the other side and um, you know not just and show you. That's why I'm saying they're, they're, they've become even wise. they even know even more on the other side. That's what's kind of exciting if you think about it. what, what do they know on the other side? I don't know, but whatever they're, they're showing us and showing them and teaching us is, is what to remain open about because it's going it to be really amazing.
0: There's clearly a lot of evidence for um, a life after death uh, for humans as well. Would you say that it's the same? And it, it, we, We're using words that we use here on Earth, but I don't know if they're appropriate, but I don't know better words to use. But would you say it's the same place? Do our souls go to the same place that, that our dog's soul may go?
1: I believe they do. I really do. I believe we're all connected. We're all, we're all light. I think whenever we're finished in this physical body, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys, you know, you know, I'm sure you do because this is a, a special show. You guys have probably talked about past lives and stuff oh, yeah, like that, right? Oh, yeah, all the time, so, sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, you know, as humans, we have past lives as well. So wherever we go to our next journey, right, we don't know, but our soul knows, our higher our higher self knows and same with same with our animals that's why i'm saying animals can come back as animals like i gave you the example with the newfoundlands or they can come back as something else or maybe they want to come back as a cat i don't know i i think they i think i've learned from the animals that they get to choose we get to choose um i if you get your past life reading right sometimes you've been maybe some warrior in some war or you've been this or that or you know you you've, Read all different types of things, and so I believe animals. um, Yeah, I believe we all are in the same consciousness. You know, the same space. I don't think there's a quote dog heaven. I think we're all in that same, same air. That's why that one part about the Rainbow Bridge poem, the part that I wanted to expand on, is they're not in a separate place waiting for us. Mm -hmm. We're all we're all here. You know, in the same in this consciousness. And you know, and then or if you think about it. They're in a different, I don't know if it's a dimension or a different spatial whatever because, you know, I can, we could technically see them, I believe, if we allow our our brains to accept it, we could see them. You know, I do see them sometimes, sometimes, you know, out of the corner of my eye. That's how the people that stayed in uh, my Airbnb, right, when they said they saw a cat. Well, they saw a ghost cat, technically, (laughs) right? So... Um,
0: but yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. I have, uh, I, I'm not sure throw a little bit of a wrench into the discussion here because, um, it's not always a pleasant experience, this, this relationship between humans and, and these animals. And for example, I had a, a, a chocolate lab, um, mm. got, got this chocolate lab as a puppy and, uh, pretty quickly on, it was a male chocolate lab pretty quickly on. I realized this dog was very, very aggressive um to the point mm-hmm. to the point where on a couple of occasions it actually grabbed a hold of my um young son he was a toddler at the time um mm. his pant leg and dragged him around the backyard and it it got it got pretty bad uh we tried you know a, a type of antidepressant all these medications the vet was trying to give this dog and one day i came home for lunch and this dog um was looking at me very oddly and it went after me wow um so we had to have the dog put to, put down uh because it was a danger right. it was dangerous uh I suppose mm-hmm. there are humans that are the same way so it's really not much different but um mm-hmm. you know w- is there is there an explanation for something like that or is it just just the way yeah, it is
1: Yeah I would y- y- exactly what you said you know animals get diseases just as we do and um aggression is something um Reiki fur babies actually deals a lot with, with, with aggressive dogs especially. They're usually, there's a reason, they usually are, are protecting. Sometimes, you know, when, when they're introducing a dog to uh, a baby that's coming, um, a lot of times you have to really tell the dog, look, you know, we're having, <laughs> there's another baby coming, you're not, you know. And just basically it's like, okay, you're not the only, only baby, now there's going to be another baby. But, you know, it, with your particular case, that uh, yeah, that's extreme. There's only been one time in my experience, where uh, we came across a schizophrenic horse, and the horse actually would not accept the healing, and it actually said the F word to us. And shortly thereafter, the owner also had to put that horse down. But here's the thing. After the animal transitions, like, like, let's say, if we were to talk to your chocolate lab now, um, he would he would definitely be in a different space and he would def- I don't know if he came back or if he stole over there or in the light or whatever, but I'm sure if we chatted with him he would he would be a, be different. Well, you know? I, I hope like, I hope
0: I hope that animal found peace in ever, whatever way, yeah. you know, that was possible yeah. because it was a really horrible situation at the time. Having said that, I've had uh, several other labs, and they've all been wonderful, wonderful animals. Um, I want to change mm-hmm. the topic just a little bit here because I was curious about the other um, project that you started a while ago, and I think it may have predated this one. But the the Money Alchemist, what's that all about? <laughs>
1: Actually, the, this is a, a – so I'm a life coach. You know, you, you guys all know what a life coach is. Sure. But, but, I, but I use the word alchemy because alchemy is transformation. And um, one of my friends, well, actually, she was a coach for me back in the day, and she's the one that had mentioned to me, she says, Ming, you're not just coaching people. There's something that you're else you're doing. And so, you know, she said, you better find out what that is. And I a actually asked a bunch of people that I had coached, and they said, you know what it is? It's alchemy, Ming. That's what you're doing. So what I do is I help people see the abundance that's all around them. And a lot of times that has to do with money. People are so hung up about money. They think money is, you know, they have a, they don't realize money is just energy. Just like everything, we're all energy. Money is also energy. And I what I do is I just kind of bring to light um, people that are having problems with money, bringing money in, understanding money, Um and it's just kind of, it just, again, all of this came because of my own um, personal experience. And I, I I didn't set out to be a, a money coach or a money alchemist, That it's all just part of my journey. And I, I love doing it. I have a podcast called The Money Alchemist. If anybody's interested um, in listening about what I do, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, every Tuesday. It's a short podcast.
0: If if I and, understand um, if I understand this correctly, mm-hmm. um, you teach people or discuss how to take energy and focus it that uh, in a way that can help you relieve financial problems.
1: Correct, exactly, exactly. And you know, I base I teach based on the law of attraction. So you have to be open to you know the law of attraction to actually you know understand and to work with me. Otherwise, you know, we're not on the same page. But um, but you were but able yeah, to find
0: a way to do that for yourself, right?
1: I did I yeah. did so you, you, you I mean, had some, it was, it was you, my own situation. I was right. in a, a not a good situation, not a good place, and I woke up one morning and I said, You know what, I am tired of you know living this way, I'm tired of not having enough money, and I started studying it again on my own and realizing oh there's a thing there's a thing to this <laughs> there's a enter, money has energy, and I started changing my relationship to money and it it literally changed my entire life so um
0: but yeah. Interesting. Um, let's go back to uh, Angels of Rainbow Bridge Life After Transition. You said you, you began writing that to help yourself. Was it was mm-hmm. it this kind of the same way? Maybe um, someone who is having uh, therapy, professional therapy, th- the therapist might say to them, write a journal of, of your thoughts. Is that how how you approached it before you realized it was turning into a book?
1: Yeah, actually, yes. I mean, I was starting, I I have a blog, so I thought I would just start blogging or whatever, and I started just, that's what I started doing, and then what I did is I started putting things together, and then as Lucy, because it was, I wrote the book a month, I started writing it a month after she transitioned, and I was still, like I said, in a lot of pain, and she kept coming, so I thought, well, you better keep giving me examples, so I can write about them to show people or show myself, actually, that um, you know what what they're doing on the other side. And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a healing book for me. I, I I'm so happy that it would even that it's even helped one person other than me. I'm so grateful for that. What do you hear? From, what do you hear I, from
0: people that that have lost lost their pet and they have read the book? Uh, how do, how is the book helping them? And how do they how do they communicate that with you?
1: I think what there people that have written me have told me that, um, even though they, they cried when they read the book, but they also laughed and it made them realize, it made, it gave them hope and it also gave them a place to realize it was okay to grieve. I think, um, you know, what was it? Some just, just stat I read saying that 80, 81% are people mourning over the loss of their pet up to a year, one in 10 suggests they never have even ever gotten over it. And so I think the book itself gives people a chance. It's okay to grieve and it's okay to say, you know, and also to be open to give them hope that the connection is still there. And like I said, people have written me and said that their pets have visited them. And I thought that was just amazing. I never expected, you know, anything like that. So, um, that was, that was awesome.
0: So if somebody has, there's a couple of things here. Let's first talk about a a pet that may be experiencing some difficulties, whether they're physical or emotional or whatever, whatever it is. And they may want to approach you um, for some Reiki help. How would they do that?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. So they can go to the website. um, And if they have questions, they can shoot me an email. They can book the session, you know, right, right there on the website. Um, If you go to our Facebook page, which is you know, facebook.com slash Reiki Fur Babies, uh, we post a, um, a testimonial uh, almost every morning. You can go, you know, you can just look down the Facebook page and you can see um, different examples of, of what we've treated and different diseases or different animals or, you know, cats and dogs and snakes and bunnies and fish and elephants i mean we've we've got all kinds of animals that we've talked to and have um examples of things that we've heal helped heal um lots of you know diabetes and cancer and uh seizures like i said and aggression um grief um, um lots of eye diseases with cats and all kinds of stuff i mean fish um just, just all very interesting horses lots of different equine um, diseases we've worked with and um, so it does you know Reiki it doesn't matter what the disease is because that energy healing like I said it balances the, the body so yeah. it's good for it's good for anything and then, then awesome.
0: if, and then if someone has lost their pet and they're grieving and uh, they want to buy the book to find some solace how can they get a hold mm-hmm. of the book
1: so okay so it's it's on audible. If you like to listen to books, it's on Amazon paperback and Kindle. And if you don't want Amazon there, you can get the ebook off of, um, Ricky Fur baby's website. So it's, it's come, you can pretty much get it any way you want.
0: Terrific. Uh, Ming, thank you so much for the great conversation, the great discussion, the wonderful insight and for spending the time with us.
1: Thank you. This was is, this is really fun for me, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Great conversation. Everybody, almost everybody anyway, has um, had a special pet, if not more than one, in their lives. And uh, when you lose that pet, it can be very, very difficult. Uh, it's uh, They become a member of the family very, very quickly. And when you lose them, it's just like losing a member of the family, because that's actually, in fact, what it is. Don't forget, tomorrow night, we will be talking with Frank Bennett. He is the author of Of a book called The Encounter or Encounter with the Aberdeen Wild Man. And he'll also be talking about his biblical perspective on paranormal topics. And Wednesday night's program, Gordon Curl Smith will be with us to talk about his new book, Revelation Antarctica. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Again, thank you for being here. Don't forget to stop by the Facebook page, Beyond Reality Radio. Give it a like. Visit my page as well, JV Johnson. Like that, follow it, whatever you need to do. And also, YouTube is a great resource. We've got a channel there. You can find it by searching Beyond Reality Radio or J.V. Johnson, and you'll find about 350 back episodes of the program. Plus, we stream live there in case you need an alternative way to listen and view the program. Just search for J.V. Johnson on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification icon, and that way you'll be notified when we go live for our live stream or we upload new content. There's also some special content there as well. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Again, thanks for being here. We will catch you tomorrow night.